All right, this week, we're getting right into this shit. We are low on time, which is partially my fault. It's also partially Patrick's fault. Um, so, yeah. Uh, guys, ladies so, and gentlemen. I don't everybody... accept much responsibility for this. No, uh, no, 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 it is 100%. Not much, but it's part. Anyways, we need to be fucking fast with this. Everybody, welcome back to the Excelsior podcast. Published by the Harvard Independent and recording in the Harvard Independent, which I do every week, so I don't know why I said that. But anyways, as for, I'm all, holy shit, I can't speak. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Wasserberger, and today, as usual, I am joined by Patrick Steinbaugh. What up, gang? And Logan Dracos. What's up, fam? Gang, oh, yeah. Fam. We're getting everybody together. Um, today, we are going to be talking about Marvel. More specifically, the two most recent Marvel projects in uh, Loki and the Marvels. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're seeing it going to one right after the other. Patrick has to go, so we're going to let him kind of give his Loki spiel, and then Logan and I can, can close it out. All right, so Loki was fucking awesome. Right from the get-go, yes! uh, it instantly brings back what the first season of Loki did, which is make you feel stakes, make you feel urgency, make you feel like... Some big is going on in time. And that is what most of the MCU has been missing out on. I think obviously Loki and Mobius are in, like even when you're just spending moments with them, it's a lot of fun because they're them. Owen Wilson, Tom Hiddleston are amazing actors. I think Tom Hiddleston really shown this season in a way that even though he's been great in the rest of the MCU, I think this is probably his best performance yet in a, in a series of content. Um, and it all, built, like I would say, meanders a little bit in the first couple episodes but all is worth it to get to a finale that is edge of tomorrow in its storytelling structure um and gives you the conclusion you did not know you wanted for the loki character uh really makes it feel like kang had a master plan and loki in a self-sacrificial way that kang never could have predicted outplayed him um and it really just ended on such a good note that I did like the, the problems I have with the minor problems I have with the start of the season really don't matter. They don't stay in my mind. Um, and then on top of that, this show has the best production design, oh. visual flair, just look in general, I would say of the MCU for me, I just love watching it um, in, in a way that I think is like, super underrated and that's why i'm excited that the loki directors said that they are interested in taking on secret wars so for me uh overall loki season two 8.5 9 out of 10 really dug it really hope this creative team gets more work in the mcu um and mobius also needs to come back at some point uh that's me i gotta go now but uh hope you guys have a good rest of the episode i missed a lot of what patrick said we're gonna take it and we're just gonna go um, yeah, I think Loki, right from minute one, the stakes are as high as can be. The TVA is falling apart, and they got to figure out a way to save it. And they keep that the entire time, and it is awesome. You are with them every step of the way. You feel everything that they're feeling, and that is really a testament, A, to the writing of this show, which is killer, best of phase four by a mile, but also the acting. And as Patrick said, Tom Hiddleston is just absolutely crushing it in every scene. Um, a big thing for me is actually feeling the villain. 
and you understand for the first time in Marvel why Kang is such a big threat. And you really understand it in like the first couple episodes and then in the finale, which we're going to talk about. Um, but like you're just you're there the entire time and the inner struggle that all of the TVA members are having that like their lives were stolen from them and Loki trying to figure out who he wants to be and all that stuff comes together so well and they go to such interesting places conceptually with like the loom and like pulling different versions of Kang in and like I think the time um, slipping stuff is so cool where like stuff they introduce in episode one gets answered in episode six and it works so well god every like part of this show is like different gears in a machine that all fit together and just work it just works and it is the first mcu project where i'm not like yeah it works but this one part like no it all just works together and it makes me so happy that this show is so good there are problems i think the Renslayer miss minute stuff meanders a bit in those kind of middle episodes you know, that's not as great as the rest of the show, but it doesn't matter because then you have episode five and six, which are unbelievable. Like the, like the finale itself is one of the best conclusions and best hours of Marvel there ever is. Um, yeah, I love the show. If you can't tell, I love this season. And this is what the MCU needs to be. You've got funny moments, you've got dark, you've got serious moments, but all in all, it this is like, this is the most... Phase one, two, and three, the MCU has been since Endgame. And I fucking love it. Logan. Yeah, tough to follow that up. Uh, I guess I'll start by talking about the things I didn't like. Um, just to bring us like down to earth a little bit, I guess. Um, I thought that the pacing was overall good. As you said, like, to be honest, I cannot complain about like episodes five and six at all. I really don't have anything to nitpick about in episodes five and six, but one, two, three, and four, a little bit of pacing issues as there usually are with like the TVA stuff. Like they usually take their time a little bit more of an artistic choice, but I think it slows it down a little bit when you really, you have like that Kang level universal level threat, but they're taking their time in the TVA and it can get a little slow. I think specifically my biggest problem with this show which is honestly probably a, a testament to how good it is is episode three where they just spend so much time in 1893 chicago and it's just like yeah i'm interested in what's going on here i'm 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 here for like young kang and whatever they're doing but him scamming like the random mobster and then that whole chase scene with like Miss Minutes getting big and then they take the ferry and then there's some sort of love interest between like young Kang yeah. and Renslayer and then he drops her off a boat and then he Miss Minutes tries to be his girlfriend yeah, and it's just all it of that, really just... it like that whole episode through like the middle of episode three to be honest was kind of bad and it slugged the pacing of the middle of the show a little bit. But I really don't have many complaints other than that. And I get what they were trying to do with, like, bring in the fact that Kang was so involved with these characters, like, went before he wiped their memory. And it's kind of a callback to that. But it really did not land and wasn't interesting, especially yeah. the love interest stuff between Kang and Renslayer and Miss Minutes. Like, I didn't need Miss Minutes to say the line, but I wanted to be your girlfriend, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
the the Miss Minute stuff was just weird. It was just weird. But they like she was a cool sort of thing in season one. And I thought they were trying to like do right. something different because she would have been the exact same character two seasons in a row. And so I sort of get why they were doing that. But like I thought I personally they should have taken Miss Minutes to like a darker place, even darker than cubing the entire squad and doing yeah. like they don't even show it on screen. But if they took minutes, Miss Minutes to like a mass murderer place. Yeah, I thought that would have been pretty interesting. More interesting, at least, than the girlfriend thing. Yeah, I just, I think you can honestly cut out, like, episode three from this show, just completely. Like, a little bit, you know? Like, like you can kind of just cut that. Um, but again, in the grand scheme of the show, it just doesn't matter. Um, one thing that I think is, because uh, I know how Marvel fans operate, and it's not going to get talked about enough, Kei Hui Kwan as Ouroboros kills it. Like, kills it. he is such a good character, does not get enough attention in the show. Um, Dude, my only complaint about that is that when they made everyone like their main timeline selves, he was just the same dude. Yeah, like same he was dude. just exactly. Ouroboros, yeah. but living on Earth. Yeah, yeah exact same <laughs> dude. Um, and I got why they have to do it because like, they need Loki to build the temp pad, but like right. whatever. Um, yeah, I just thought that was really cool. Um, love Ouroboros, love Kehui Kwan. Apparently, he wants to join Star Wars, and I'm like, yeah, like let him do whatever he wants. Uh, he's he's awesome um i i really want to talk about the finale oh my god why are people Wait, is there anything we should talk about before we get into the finale <sighs> um i thought wait also sylvie until like the last couple episodes was meh for me this season i i get what sorry, they were what trying to do with what her character that? sylvie oh yeah, yeah. oh I'll go I thought she further. was Matt for most of the show. Dude, I don't think Sylvie... Here's my hot take for Loki season two. I don't think Sylvie should have been in it. Like, like you could have had that if you just bring her in the finale. Because, like... Eh? Like, she just doesn't do She's much. Eh. She's She is the only eh character in this show. Like... Also B-15. But B-15 is kind of just like a plot device background character. Yes, but I think B-15 shows a more interesting humans. She is the foil to Mobius, right? Where Mobius is like the hardline, like, you know, I'm a TVA guy. And she's the like, TVA is kind of fucked up. And then it switches in the end. And she's like, we got to protect TVA. Like, I'm going to do the shit. And Mobius is like, I want to leave the TVA, right? I kind of get why they exist. Sylvie doesn't do much for me in this show. So yeah, I don't I don't think she needs to be in the show. Like that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it that way. But I I guess But then you lose like to be honest, I checked IMDb mid like watching the yeah. season to see how people rated the episodes episode 3 cuz I wanted to see okay. if people agreed about episode 3. And I saw episode 2 the one where they were like interrogating Brad for most of it was the lowest rated one. Well, I thought that was actually like a pretty oh, interesting great. one. That was really and good. That's, but that's entirely serviced by the fact that they're looking for Sylvie, you know? And so she kind of is a plot device in the first half of the show where you need her. And then like second half, she's she's doing stuff like... Yes, but you can I, just... Yeah, you know? Yes, but you could have just as easily made it. They were looking for Renslayer or they were looking for Miss Minutes. Sure. No, you're right. Like, I don't think you get as much emotion from Loki in those first few episodes if you do that. I think that's true. But again, 
Either way, it does not matter. Because let's talk. Episode, wait, before episode. Wait, no, before episode six. Let's talk about Loki and Mobius. Yes, dude. Because I love okay. Loki and dude, Mobius. Dude, this is my take. Loki and Mobius are the best duo in the MCU. Dude, like I, I'm not gonna go that far, but like no, I dude. love Loki and Mobius. They are you know? awesome. They are awesome <laughs> together. Oh, they just play off each other so well. So Their personalities good. are so interesting to match up with each other. Like, oh my god. Like girls always talk about like what like like a dark cat wanting a golden retriever boyfriend. That is Loki and Mobius. I just straight up. <laughs> did, did I talk about? I've never heard that before. Actually, I see shit on TikTok, Logan. <laughs> 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 All right, Excelsior is exposing the, the black cat of TikTok. All right, that can't be a real thing that people that actually. That is the say dynamic, and I, I get it now. I, I get it now. I understand why that is the dynamic y'all want because it works so well in this show. They just, they're like, they really, the personalities mentioned the the rapport that they have from season one. And like they they go back to it in episode six, that very first interview where they just start like playing off each other. And you yep. can see Mobius can keep up with Loki, but he's not like playing on the same playing field where he's doing his own thing and he values his own life. He never wants to go back to the original timeline to see his life because he values what he does and he's loyal, but he still is like there mentally and he knows. And even when Loki is time slipping in episode six, Mobius kind of knows. You see, like, those moments where he's like, what is going on with you? You know? Like, he knows. All right. We're at the finale. We got to talk about the finale of the show. Dude, the final episode of this show is one of the coolest sequences in Marvel. Loki, Loki, that the entire show is slipping through time and he can't control it. And he finally learns that the way to control it is by really understanding what he wants, which is to save his friends. So what does he do? He goes back in time to the moment just before everything goes haywire, but it's not enough. So he has to go back even further. He's like, I got to do it myself. And he goes out there and he finally, finally, after 11 years, gets his glorious purpose, gives himself up for the greater good. It is one of the yep. best arcs in Marvel. I've seen y'all on Twitter saying that Loki is a better character than Tony Stark. He is not. You all need to calm down. Everyone calm down. Everyone calm down. Everyone calm down. It's an amazing end to his character. It is an incredible sequence. It is one of the most visually and emotionally powerful moments in the MCU. But he is not Tony Stark. Loki did not build the TVA in a cave with a box of scraps, all right? He didn't. He did not. He didn't. He didn't. Everything about episode six is so good. It ties season one and two together. But God, I loved the part where he was just talking with Kang. Like, oh my God. He just, oh, he did it so well where he just like all of a sudden he understood why he was he who remains you know and that moment where like to be honest it doesn't really make sense because he's like going back in time so why would Kang like all of a sudden stop and like have this conversation even though technically he's experiencing it for the first time whatever like he is he who remains it doesn't matter and then they have this sick conversation and it's just like Loki sitting there and Kang is like yeah what you going to do about it? 
And then Loki does something about it. And it's so satisfying. It's so satisfying because Kang is such a punchable little bitch. And Loki's just like, fuck you. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. Dude. It's so satisfying. I need, listen, I know there have been rumors that Marvel wants to move away from Kang. We're not going to talk about the Jonathan Major stuff. Assuming it all works out. Why would you do that? We are finally at a point where you, where everyone who watched Loki understands why Kang is such a big deal. Because if Loki could do that after just learning time travel powers, imagine what Kang could do when he's had these powers for millennia. Like, oh my God. I thought you talk about like the army of Kangs, right? The infinite Kangs. And you're like, oh, they could, Loki, they could meld together into one Kang. One- There'll be a bigger Kang. There'll <laughs> be a bigger, the melding of the Kangs. Um, that would be so sick. That'd be insane. That'd be insane. Um, but like, yeah, like, like, and by the way, if the Jonathan Major shit, if it turns out that he cannot be a Marvel star, it's the easiest recasting job in the world because there's infinite of them. <laughs> it's, it's the multiverse. <laughs> it's the multiverse. But like, keep Kang. He's so good. I know a lot of why he's so good is because of Jonathan Majors, but like, God, it was just, it was so perfect. And like, I know, I got it, I got it. You could also just say it was so perfect, let's move on. And that'd be fine too. But I just want more of it. I just, and I want more, you know? I want more. I just, because now I yeah. feel like every Marvel fan should watch Loki. This is the project that brings the hardcore fans back. People like me and Logan who have watched this shit and analyzed and studied this since day one, we are back. You are back, Marvel. Just keep going. Do not mess this up. You're of so much momentum behind you right now. Like, oh, for the first time in years, there is momentum behind Marvel. Do not mess it up. We're gonna get into scores. We're gonna we're gonna, you know, we're gonna head out. Um, I mean, I think we both have pretty high scores for this, but like Logan, what's your what's your Loki season two score? God, unlike Patrick and Jordan, I have not been keeping track of my past scores at all. So I'm going purely off of instinct here. Um, I would probably give Loki season two a 9.1. Yeah, I'll I'll keep it in the nines. Like I said, issues with episode three, a little bit issues with Sylvie, and that's it. And God... You heard me. I love the last episode, and that just brings it up for me. You know, yeah. it's like uh, like Lord of the Rings trilogy. If you like have heard that episode, you know Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like, for, like they bring it up, but then there's the Hobbit. My Loki score, I think that's right around a nine point one to a nine. It's right in that range. Maybe a maybe a nine point zero five, if you will. Um, I really enjoyed this, but same as Logan, episode three and Sylvie are detractors. Um, and the one thing I would also say is the ending with Renslayer, I have a big old, big old question mark on because I don't. I don't even know what that was. I wasn't even paying attention to that. Right. I, like, I don't even know. I don't understand on. it. I don't want them to bring her back. The TVA should, for the most part, be done. If you want to, I think by Loki in general, all of this should be done. Like, I don't want, like, unless yeah. you want to do one, like, reuniting of Loki and Thor one last time. The thing is, I would do a movie. I would not do Loki yes. season three. No Loki season three Marvel. Bad, bad, bad Marvel. Like, Loki should be in Kang Dynasty. Um, other than that, leave it alone. So the Renslayer stuff, I was like, Wee! but other than that, I mean, guys, 
Loki season two. You have not heard us yeah. been this hype about yeah. Marvel in so long. It's amazing. In literal, since literally Infinity War. Like, like, like years, years. Because it's always been like, this was really good, but no, nah, this is just really good. This is just really good. The Marvels, like we usually do, round table, you know, give our quick thoughts and get into more specifics. Um, I'll start. Overall, I had zero expectations for this movie, two double zero expectations. And I quite enjoyed it. It was a really fun movie. Um, I just sort of turned my brain off for like an hour and a half and was like, ooh, yay, Marvel. Um, Amon Vellani remains just an absolute delight and is like by a country mile the best part of this movie. Her Kamala Khan is a joy to watch on screen. Um, and just everything she does is is awesome. Uh, so that was like my big, big, big positive. There are some like specific negatives we'll do. And I think like Brie Larson just can't really act as Captain Marvel. She's a great actress, but like just is not is not doing it as Captain Marvel. Um, and most of the characters were just like kind of pointless. Um, and overall, the whole the whole movie is like kind of pointless, except for a few select scenes. But still a ton of fun. You know, great to see a very just solid MCU entry that doesn't try to be anything, but it's not. Um, and yeah, Amon Vellani just just kills it. Logan, Patrick, I, I obviously I hard agree on the uh, Iman Vellani Miss Marvel is probably the best thing about this movie. Point. I would also throw her family in there though. Yeah, uh, I think it was the right choice to defy logic by including them in so much of this movie just because they're so yeah. fun. <laughs> I'm I'm going to hard disagree on the Brie Larson point with you. I think this movie does wonders for Captain Marvel's character in a way that none of the other projects she just appeared in have. They sort of finally, for me, bridged the gap between her awkward inability to really interact with people um, and the actual like human, human characteristics of the character. Uh, for me, obviously, the movie's biggest failing is the villain. Like, I don't know. Oh my god, yeah. Like, first of all, bland, generic, everything that people make fun of typical Marvel villains for, but also in the third act with, like, how she goes out, I didn't even understand what she was doing. I was so lost as to why she was taking the action she was taking. You know, iffy acting, and I, I think that uh, that dragged the third act experience quite uh, quite a bit down. Yeah, Logan? Yeah, so like no holds barred. I really enjoyed this movie, genuinely. Um, I went in with like Thor Love and Thunder expectations because that's where my expectations are at for now Now for Marvel. And I was really surprised by uh, the playfulness of the characters. Uh, I heard a lot of people making fun of Nick Fury. I thought he was actually fine in this movie. Uh, I heard a lot of people making fun of Brie Larson, who I also thought was fine in this movie. I just think people are really... I just didn't agree with the general opinion that this movie was like, eh, but like, oh, if you go in and turn your brain off, like you're going to be fine. You know, I actually no, thought I enjoyed it. Like a well-constructed movie yeah. um, that had like a lot of, like a lot of really interesting points. It obviously had its low points, such as the villain, um, like the whole singing village thing was kind of weird. Um, oh, I like that. <laughs> I thought it was cool. And I thought like professor Marvel in general was weak. She was kind of like two dimensional. didn't really develop a whole lot other than the self, than the self-sacrifice at the end. Um, but like, I, I thought moment to moment, I enjoyed this movie, uh, interesting powers and the characters weren't dragging me down like Love and Thunder. I believe her name is actually Photon or Spectrum. 
that's my little bit of yeah i think marvel professor marvel, marvel was like the the gimmick name they gave yeah yeah but that's the name that stuck with me <laughs> sure uh we can get into more specifics i think i mean just right away like patrick brought it up logan brought it up the villain in this movie is one of the worst mcu villains ever like just just of all time uh she sucks her motivations are like kind of interesting but they don't explore them enough for them to be actually interesting uh, i'll talk about them I, I have a point there yeah and i didn't like patrick did not understand what she was doing until the end of the movie i my take is i think this movie would have been better if there hadn't been a villain at all i think it would have been more interesting if this was like because of the rest of the MCU. like frozen 2 <laughs> yes no not like frozen 2 i totally no. see what you mean jordan like frozen 2 not at all like frozen 2 and if you want to understand that bit go watch the season 2 finale um <laughs> no but i think it would have been cool because we've had, we've had so many mcu movies now and mcu projects that deal with the fabric of reality coming apart, whether it's Loki, No Way Home, WandaVision, right? You could have pulled from any of those and said, or all of them, and said, because of the general cosmic McGuffery, that's not a real word, but I'm going to use it. The general cosmic McGuffery going on in the MCU, it's caused this entanglement, right? And them figuring out that mystery leads into like the universe coming apart and like, you know, Monica Rambeau going to the X-Men universe and whatever. Um, I think that would have been a more interesting movie, but it's Marvel, so I get why there kind of has to be somebody to punch. Um, I liked how they threw a little bone with like the, this is how the jump points were originally created because we were kind of given that in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with no context. And so I thought it was interesting how they pulled that in, but I agree it could have been executed better in the general MCU universe. Yeah. What I will say is I thought the choreo... First off, speaking of like general MCU stuff, bringing in uh, Valkyrie just as a character who exists in the universe and could help, I thought was an awesome move. Like I want more MCU projects to start doing that because it makes the universe feel so much more lived in and so much more real when you treat it like a real universe where like, yes, I would have called my friend to help in that situation. Number one. Number two, the choreography, the fight scene choreography when they're switching powers back and forth, I thought was so goddamn cool. When they like learn how to do that and we're like timing it so they like hit her into somebody else. God, dude, I was loving every second of that. I don't know what it was, but I thought that was so satisfying. I also just like Miss Marvel's powers themselves are just so satisfying to watch. Like whatever, whoever's doing the CGI on that, it is phenomenal. Um, I'll let somebody else talk. Cause I just gave a hold. Yeah. I want to, I, I want to touch on a, a couple of things. First of all, I think, yeah, fight choreography, very high point for the film. I think that's what you get from bringing in a director like Nia DaCosta, um, who just really knows what she's doing and also is passionate about it. Um, and I want to, I want to, first of all, correct your, st- I understood the villain's plan. What I didn't understand was when they like help her out from under the pillar and she did, basically oh, does yeah, like a suicide yeah. bomb into space. I didn't understand that, but that's a small thing. Um, I think the villain's motivation would have been really good if this movie were Captain Marvel 3. Like it actually, like, cause this is the third Captain Marvel movie. Yep. We just didn't see the second one. 
because they talk about her like going to Hala, defeating the supreme intelligence, all of this stuff. And I'm like, where's that movie? Right? Like, I, I really like this movie. Also, I think we all did probably more than yeah. the average person. Um, but I still was, I felt like the entire, the Cree civil war, all of that is like, that's a movie. Um, and I think this movie plays worse having not gotten that. I think that, um, the villain, I don't even remember her name would have been a lot better if we did have that. Um, and I also want to say as far as stuff like the singing planet bits, like, I think that they, they didn't entirely work for me, at least that one. But I do think they work better than they might have in other movies because the movie is so like earnest about it. It's so hard commits to it that it's it's just like it, it works within the context of the movie, even if it's not a particularly funny joke to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Logan, do you want to add anything to the villain or should we move on? Yeah, I think we can move on from the villain. I wish they fleshed her out more or fleshed kind of what was going on with the Kree more because we have all we already know the Kree from Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and they probably could have built on that a little more. Um, and I feel like that's a little repetitive from what you guys are saying. I mean, the one thing I was going to say, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, is I am really sick and tired of the Kree and the Scrolls. I think Marvel completely botched both of those groups in the MCU and we're kind of past the point of no return with it where it's like, they're super interesting in the comics. And like, there's a lot of like really interesting storylines that Marvel could have gone down. I do not think given the current direction of the MCU, there is any place it's definitely for the Cree and for the scrolls, it's getting smaller and smaller with each passing project. Like I think they kind of got to leave that behind it was like cool and you could have gone down that road, but you went down the multiverse road. That's awesome. So as someone who like really has not been doing a good job keeping up with Marvel at all, just because I feel like it's become a little bit more of a chore with like all of these TV shows, the person I was watching it with was even like, really, you haven't seen Secret Invasion? That's like an entire background for the show. But honestly, this movie does a very good job of setting you up to the point where you understand mm -hmm. everything that's going on. And obviously having a background and watching a lot of the, like the phase one, two, three Marvel movies helps. But you really don't need to see, you really don't need to see Secret Invasion. Um, you really don't need to see Hawkeye, whose daughter appears at the very end. You know, like I like you got the gist for all of that without really needing to actively keep up, which is something that I really hope Marvel doesn't do going forward and something it's been doing maybe a little bit too much of which is like oh yeah you need to see four shows and three movies yeah. in order to understand what's going on in this specific scene yeah except nobody watched it <laughs> well yeah okay anyways um i'll start off one thing we did not talk about but i'm gonna touch on now is the end credit scene dude i told both of you this i told logan this on the phone maybe it's a patrick when Monica goes to the fucking X-Men universe and you see Beast and he's talking about Charles Xavier and they play the Days of yeah. Future Past theme, the dun, da 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 dun, 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 dun. I got so hyped in the theater. It was like, you know, 13-year-old Jordan seeing the Infinity Stones all over again. I was like, we are back, baby. I felt so good. I feel so good. We're going to talk to Loki, but I feel really good about like the future of Marvel. They, they got me. They got me. They reeled me back in like a gambling addict.
Um, yeah, overall, like the movie. I'm going to give it a uh, solid 7 out of 10. Although I think that may change dependent on what future MCU projects do. But uh, yeah, you guys? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go higher than that. So bearing in mind that I think I gave uh, Quantumania a 7, I'm giving this an 8. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time watching the movie, and um, it was a, just a fun environment to be in. I was also in a very excited theater. So, Yeah. Uh, similar to Patrick, I'm definitely higher than a 7 on this one. I really enjoyed the movie. I think that just like the big thing is like having a weak villain and then having like the main character is not really delivering for me, probably brings it down a little bit, but I'm still giving it a solid 7.6. Um, excited for future MCU projects. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, you guys on the listening end do not know the physical struggle this recording was. So big props to Logan and Patrick for sticking through it. Um, yep. We need to get some better indie Wi-Fi. But, uh, but yeah, love you all. Have a phenomenal thanksgiving because i guess this is technically our thanksgiving episode um and yeah very thankful for all of you for all of our listeners you know for uh for everybody and we will see you all in a couple of weeks i think with napoleon so woo. yeah that'd be fun peace